So this, the, I guess everybody wants to hear is the story behind your name because it's uh, quite yeah. catchy. Unique. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, so basically um, I did, when I first started in the blogging world, I started with a recipe journal blog. And then when we bought the house, I started another blog, um, which was about doing up the house. Um, and after a few years in, I um, was talking to a friend who worked in PR and she was like, you really should find a way to amalgamate the two and make a lifestyle blog. Um, and it was just a case of trying to think of a name of it. And around about that time where I was working at the time, um, I had this friend called Kendra. And um, basically it was one of those workplaces where you didn't have tea bags provided and sugar provided and stuff. So I'd bring it in in jam jars. Mm. Um, so she always called me jam jar Jill. Um, and um, because she just thought it was cute. So, um, and it kind of turned into a bit of a thing that everyone started calling me it at work. And then when I started planning my wedding, then I had a bit of a jam jar theme as well, because it kind of like organically progressed because it was, I love mason jars and I love storage jars. And then the wedding invites I liked at the time had like jars on them. And then it turned out that actually it was a really practical way to display your wedding flowers because <laughs> you could display them in, in jam jars on the aisle where you're walking, but then they could be reused on the tables. Whereas the traditional way of doing it was that you'd have separate flowers for the ceremony to the thing, but that's obviously having to buy extra flowers. So it was a thrifty thing. It was a recycling thing. Um, and I also just thought it was really catchy and it could potentially be shortened to JJG um, if I wanted to progress my brand as I'm now doing and 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 doing um, being a VA now, um, so I'm kind of calling that JJG VA services, and and that's quite nice and quite catchy as well. So I kind of feel like it's a name which could grow with me. It's got a cute aspect. It's got a recycling aspects. So that's kind of the whole background behind it. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a that's a great story. Yeah, that's a great story. Yes. So before we get into all of the brand, I would like to know who 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 are you? Who is who are who is? Who Jill? am I? I am. Who am I? <laughs> um, who are any of us? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, I am a thirty-something mum of two. I've got twin boys. Um, I'm married. I live in rural Bedfordshire in the in England. Um, I blog. I've got a mark, I've got a media degree, and um, I've always liked being a people person. And I've kind of fallen into marketing and communication kind of roles over the years. Um, but yeah, I love. I love eco living. I love um, that's kind of turned into my niche, really, because I like everything natural and holistic as much as possible. But I kind of refer to myself as being um, a realistic 
green person or a realistic environmentalist in that it's not always affordable. It's not always possible to make all the right green choices. Um, however, what I want to do with my brand is get people to think more. Um, and that's why my focus is kind of promoting what I call conscious consumerism, um, because it's just about getting people to just not mindlessly buy stuff, which I think is a culture which has grown and grown and grown. Um, it's about getting people to think, well, how can I make some of the right decision with this purchase? Um, and I think that's something that everyone can do. And I genuinely believe that doing a little, everyone doing a little will make a big difference. So that's kind of what I'm all about, really. Yeah, yeah. I definitely see it in the community a lot that you don't have to go all in. Like you can just yeah. start out slow. And it's really, I think it's really helpful that it's it's not so overwhelming if you're if you yeah. if you've never been into it or anything. So it's yeah. And I, I think this is part of the movement becoming mainstream as well. I think this is the exciting thing about it is that historically speaking, environmentalism was kind of almost seen as a bit of a hippy dippy tree hugging yeah. culture like the kind of people like I don't know what it's like where you live but um um for us in the UK you kind of um the Green Party would come out with statements like oh everyone should get rid of their cars and I'm just like well that's not practical is it you know mm, yeah because actually going from horse and cart to car was was a progression in the people suddenly were able to travel anywhere in quite a short period of time and and whilst you should make kind of decisions like especially I think and I hope the pandemic a positive thing that will come out of the pandemic for people will think you know do I physically need to go to a different city to have that meeting now or can I do it via zoom and I hope that that will be a positive thing that comes out of it and again that's about being conscious and it's about questioning your decisions not just with purchases but with business decisions as well um but yeah i think as it's becoming a more mainstream concept and i really feel like it has been growing from the ground up during the pandemic especially that people are really starting to understand that we are on the brink of needing to make changes in our individual lives which will make a difference um, and I think people are getting more engaged with that. And I think that's really positive. And I think I like that whole piece around celebrating the changes, the small changes, the, you know, monthly eco swaps and, yeah. and stuff like that. And just that side of things is definitely, to me, the way forward. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, So have you always thought about these things? I mean, when... I think so. I mean, I think, you know, my mum, my mum definitely was very much into that side of things when I was growing up. Um, she always taught us about recycling, about trying to be green, about loving nature, about viewing our body as a temple. Um, though she wasn't into yoga or anything, it was always kind of like respect your body. You know, you've, always, you've only got one, you should be putting natural things into it. And then there were circumstantial things like my, my sister suffered with eczema growing up. So 
we naturally had a more natural diet because she couldn't have additives in her diet and all the E numbers and stuff like that. So I think um, for, you know, I was born in 1983, um, so grew up in the 80s and 90s when there was a lot of chemically bright pink stuff. <laughs> yeah. In, in, and, um, but we didn't really have any of that in our house because of my sister. So that, I mm. guess that developed a more natural palate for me and actually I've always found that I can't really stomach things like fast food as a result you know okay yeah, on yeah. the rare, rare occasion but um you know my mum cooked very traditional food she cooked quite I guess quite plain food but that was because that's what British food was at the time and I feel like it's my generation who started introducing spices and flavors and different cultures really in the UK um but it the whole thing of trying to grow some of your own food that was very much part of our family and trying to um buy the best food you could as well like food was very much a priority and equally so when it came to buying clothes mum was always about buying cotton stuff rather than artificial fabrics of course now we find that you know non-organic cotton isn't actually the best but it's probably still a lot better than polyester <laughs> um, so um so things like that and, and then I guess you know things like I was the youngest of three and and my mum would always keep my sister's clothes in the loft and and get them down and we'd go through them and we'd have like a big clothes swapping party kind of thing and she'd make it fun so I guess that sort of thing was like seeds of ideas planted from a young age yeah 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 so so how about you um I, i've always also had these thoughts i haven't really acted on them before I, but i've always known i it's something i want to do something about um mm -hmm. I, I grew up in greenland um mm -hmm. so early on we knew that something was going on like it, yeah. it had an in, impact on the environment uh, but I you haven't can see really... the weather changing and yeah yeah exactly and the seasons changing yeah but yeah. I, 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 I and I I really like uh, making websites and the startup mm -hmm. world um, and every time yeah. every time I had a new idea I wanted to implement something that would change the world for the better yeah. um, and that's how I ended up with uh, making melt um, yeah putting a, putting that's it out wonderful. there yeah yeah, yeah. Thank you. And I, I think it's great. It's a great piece of software. I mean, I think we should take a moment for you to actually describe what it is, to be honest, to share with uh, our audiences. Yeah, yeah. So um, Melt is, um, we want to inspire people um, that um, to have an impact on the world, to do something positive, uh, not only for the world, but also for people or animals or anything that, that's positive. Um, so the first thing we do is we have a profile you can have uh, where you can put all your links to your Instagram and Facebook and your YouTube videos. And, and then you can just send it to people and say, hey, you can find all my stuff here. Um, mm -hmm. And with that profile, you plant five trees every month. Um, and every time you invite people and they start planting trees, you also get trees from them. So it's kind of like a social media of planting trees. Absolutely. Um, I, I was, so this is I, something which you can obviously use in your bio link on, Insta, yeah. on Instagram, which is really great 
system. Um, I mean, before I, I met you through all the eco meetups, I was using Linktree, which does a similar thing, but without all the eco benefits. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I really would encourage you if you're into the environment people get on board use this app because it's <laughs> yeah thank you thank you uh, yeah. yeah so I've, i always think about um is if there's something um we have now how, how can we make it better uh, how can we implement okay. doing things better and helping the world at the same time especially mm -hmm. if for um helping the the mindset behind startups is really how can we grow really fast, um, grow really big, really fast. Um, so I wanted to take that train of thought and put it into doing good at the same time. So how can we grow big and do a lot of good things good at, at the, the same, same time? time? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think that's 100% the way forward. So tell me just um, for layman's people like me, how does your app actually work that, how does it end up planting a tree? Because I always wonder about these things which say for whatever action you end up planting a tree. I, how does that actually come about? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you um, buy a subscription, it's $5 a month, um, mm -hmm. and then you plant five trees. And we've partnered up with the Eden Reforestation uh, projects. Uh, they plant millions of trees around the world every year. And that's, that's what they do. So companies can go to them and say, oh, we, we want every time someone buys a t-shirt from us, we want to plant five trees. Uh, so that's what mm -hmm. they do. And we partnered up with them. And they're, they're really wow. great. Um, they make sure well, that- yeah. We'll have to include the link to them in, in, in the-, in the yeah definitely yeah yeah because hopefully other startups could collaborate with them too maybe yeah and you can actually read more about it if you go to your your link um jamja jill link in view oh, okay. at the bottom you can read more and it, it will say everything where where it's planted and everything so yeah excellent um yeah okay. but get uh, to get back to you so you you had all these thoughts all your life um and when when did you decide that okay I'm gonna sit down I'm I'm gonna write a blog and put it out there like when when was that and why why did it come about? Um, so the reason why I ended up starting that original recipe journal blog um, was after watching a film which kind of changed my life at the time, which was called Julia and Julie. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Um, but it's basically. Um, a film which is set in two timelines. So one of the timelines is following Julia Childs, who you may or may not have heard of, but she was the American woman who brought French cooking to America. Um, and then you're also following someone who is um, works in the government um, in America just after 9-11, who's taking all the telephone calls of all the families who lost people in 9-11. Um, so I probably watched it very, very soon after it came out, which was probably the early 2000s. And um, basically because they're both originally in dead-end government jobs, Julia Childs is following her husband who 
who works with the government and gets posted all over the world. And it was the 1950s, so the wife just followed wherever the husband went. <laughs> and then the modern lady, she's just in this dead dead end job, who is really depressing. She's taking all these phone calls all day. And Julia Childs finds herself in Paris, and she actually signs up to be to um, train at the Cordon Bleu, um, which you may have heard of. Um, I'd heard of it anyway. It's like the French cook school. And I think she was one of the first women to study there and she had to really fight for her place. Um, and then she went on to write this cookery book, which ended up, long story later, becoming very famous and making oh. her very famous in America. And what the modern um, Julie decides to do is take this book and um, cook her way through it and blog about it as a creative project um, so that she has something interesting going on in her life which is less depressing and it's something which she can take ownership of. Um, and I think why I found it also relatable is because after you come out of university you quite often think oh you know I'm going to find a, an amazing job and stuff but quite often you end up in a bit of a dead end admin job where you just question, you know, is this what life has to offer kind of thing? <laughs> and um, and it's all about him kind of taking ownership back, I guess. It made me think, oh, well, hey, you know, just because you are doing that for your job doesn't mean that has to be your life. You know, it can be, you can have other creative outlets. And I dabbled around with various things up to that point. I'd been a hospital radio presenter um, and, you know, done a few other things. I'd um, been a leader for um, the Girl Guides as well as a voluntary position. Both of those things I really enjoyed, but you kind of got to the end of doing it for a year and it kind of turned into a lot of effort on top of work. So... I guess I was on the hunt for finding something a bit different to do as well. And I just thought, hey, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. And that's what got me started on blogging, really. And so it was quite in the early days of it being a concept, really. Um, and I just kind of went from there. And it, you know, for many years, I just did it very sporadically, just when I had time. And then I got to that certain point, I think, you know, roundabout when I was planning the wedding as well, just because, you know, clearly I didn't have enough on my plate. Um, <laughs> I, um, I then decided to get a bit more serious with the blog as well and start to think about like, hey, do I want this to be part of my working life as well? Do I want this to turn into something more than just a hobby? Um, so decided to buy my own URL, rent my own URL and get away from being .wordpress.org. <laughs> um, and just that's kind of grown organically from there, really. And I've just been learning as I've gone along. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I'm in a really exciting space with it now. And I think as I'm launching as a VA, it's feeling more and more like the combination of maybe being a VA and being a blogger influencer could potentially be a combination of my sole income at some point in the not too distant future, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> so Exciting, yeah. Yeah. 
So you, yeah. you you talked about a brand before. So how how much uh, content do you make? Like what different kind of content do you have? Yeah. So basically, um, I think the key and what I've learned sort of through the process is that it's about committing to a certain regularity, which you can stick to in terms of content. Um, so that's why. Um, it was kind of once I got over the tidal wave of having twins um, a little bit and life settled down a bit, I decided to retake up Meatless Monday. I'd done it before the boys. And then when I got sort of late pregnant, I just crave meat when I crave meat. So I didn't mm. want that limitation on my diet. I just wanted to be able to, you know, eat what I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat and that yeah. sort of led into the first two years of having them as well when you have no sleep and it's like much like <laughs> I don't know I have that philosophy with food I've never been a dieter so I just kind of like I'm very much a bit of what you fancy does you good kind of person when it comes yeah. to food and equally so if you're feeling a bit ropey or a bit under the weather then you should be allowed to eat what you want to eat. So I kind of gave it up at that point and then got back into doing it and got back on the eco agenda probably a couple of years after having them. Um, and um, that then gave me a template to use as a weekly blog post, which I then, you know, that developed in itself from being not just about what we were eating that day. I then had, you know, my week in four photos, what had been in my ears as I was getting into podcasts, into audiobooks, what I'd been watching on TV as I wanted to share that as well, and what we were wearing to promote sort of secondhand um, clothes and stuff, because that's something which is very dear to my heart too, and also helps with that same agenda. Um, so I basically, um, even though I've given up this Mondays as a blog post, I'm carrying it on in actual, like I am doing that in my life, but I just kind of felt like it was actually after a conversation with an SEO guy where he just said to me, um, you know, Google probably just thinks you write about Meatless Monday and nothing else. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I need to diversify a bit. So I've kind of like, decided this year I'm going to just do different blog posts each week um and so I basically commit to doing sorry I'm going off on the tangent here so please feel free to edit this down um, but, um, but basically I do one blog post a week um I do um and then I have an RSS feed email which kind of automatically shares that so I do a little blurb at the top but again as of this year I've changed the dynamic because I was doing a full newsletter each week as well but I kind of yeah. felt that was going to be too much so I've had to adapt and diversify this year as I'm trying to fit in the VA work as well so now I've got one blog post a week and um, doing um, a summary email kind of thing um, once a month now and then having the rss feed email every week um and then obviously i'm on instagram a lot as well and i've now run two meetups on there so that has worked to it as well um i guess the one piece which i haven't really figured out of 
a, a regularity with but I know I need to is my blog on on YouTube so that's another thing as well but it's all just constantly like gradually progressing and I guess the interesting thing about now launching as a VA is I'm learning how other people run their influencer businesses and I'm starting to see actually if I want to take this to the next level I need to have a plan I need to write a plan and I need to stick to that plan yeah. and you know do all that so that's kind of the next thing rather than kind of flying by the seat of my pants which is what I've been doing up until this point yeah okay because that's what I wanted to ask next with so much many different things like how do you decide what to do but it sounds like you you actually have like I'm gonna do this every Monday I'm gonna mm. do Wednesday like it's really planned it sounds like it's it's all in my head though um so I, I kind of like in my head I go okay you know I know now I've got this RSS feed email going out on a Monday first thing so I need to make sure between when that goes out and the following Monday there's a blog post so it doesn't actually in theory matter which day that blog post happens now so that reduces the pressure a little bit because mm. obviously when I'm doing Meatless Monday every Sunday night was super stressful because it was always like I haven't done it yeah and like all the other things piling up for the week and then the kids going to school and me going to work and then I'd have a bad night's sleep so actually this new strategy for 2021 is already working for me better because rather than it's finding that balance with planning I think when you've got a busy life and you're trying to develop a entrepreneurial side hustle it's finding a way to do it in such a way that you're creating regularity for your for your followers but um at the same time you're not putting huge huge pressure on yourself to stick rigidly to a plan so the whole fact that i basically have a week's window to get a blog post out now i would suggest that's a good way forward because you still are doing it regularly you're still doing it weekly but it doesn't have to be on a set day each week yeah yeah mm. yeah So, so what do you like most about being an influencer? And... There's lots of things, actually. I think because I'm naturally a people person, I love that aspect. Um, you know, the live which I did yesterday, which you can find on my Instagram, it, it was all about building community um, and how, it, how great it is to be build a community with people like-minded people and honestly it gives me such a buzz that I'm talking to people all over the world um, and meeting such interesting people I absolutely love that's one of my top things also testing products which you know I mean sometimes it's a case that I couldn't necessarily afford them myself but having the opportunity to test stuff which is eco to help promote it and to feel much like um, what you were saying previously, doing good in the world with what you have. I think that's something which is absolutely a goal of mine and to help small businesses as well. I love the whole working with entre entrepreneurs and being an entrepreneur myself and developing that piece as well because I just feel like it's such a nurturing community of people who just want to help each other and um, 
you know, very much an advocate for this whole collaboration over competition piece. Mm. Yeah. So I guess those are kind of my favourite things, really. And, and I guess the hope that, you know, I, I will be at some point able to leave the corporate world and go out on my own and, and, and enjoy developing and creating you know this brand going forward and the exciting thing about that is it can develop with me I've created such a brand to me which will develop with my life so it's not the kind of niche where I'm only writing about having kids and then once I've grown then I won't have anything to write about so I think that is something to just be aware of um if you choose to do that by all means that's fine and if you don't want to write any more once your kids have grown then fine but if it is something where you enjoy being an influencer or you enjoy being a blogger then try and develop it in such a way that you know it's not purely about the one point in your life you're in so it's not just about your wedding or it's not just about I mean I'm using examples from my own life it's it's not just about your house it's not just about your kids it's I think it's quite sensible to have something where it's a little bit more generalistic but it has a general theme and that's kind of where I've got to it now um, and that's what excites me is that you know it ends up being holistic and eco and stuff in that space you know that can develop my whole life I could carry this on my whole life if I wanted to and I think that's what's so exciting about it. Hmm. It's really interesting also that that you really see the big picture uh, it sounds really really interesting I'm looking forward to follow you but also Thanks. I also want to talk about like do you, what challenges do you face being an influencer and making all this content I could imagine like some days you just don't want to do it or how um I guess sometimes when I feel like it's a chore I just then think well no but this is the most important thing to me really I don't I don't I think it's true that when you find something that you do which you love it doesn't feel like a chore so I, I've never felt like it's enough of a chore for me not to do it, if that makes sense. So I think that's testament to the fact that it is something which I genuinely do enjoy. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing is that I've made it wide enough again it stretches across different mediums and you know maybe I'll do a podcast one day that's the joy of it as well is that you know it can develop into different spaces into different mediums I started a vlog you know last summer and I'm starting as a VA so it's always stuff that can develop from it and like even within the VA space like I'd really like to, as I make more money, um, put some of that money aside to do training and to develop myself further. And um, for example, stuff like graphic design, I'd really like to learn some of that skill set. I'd really like to know a bit more about video editing. I'd really actually randomly as well, at some point in my future, I'd like to train as a yoga teacher as well. 
um, which again fits into the brand, into the space. And that's what's so lovely about it is, I think that's what makes it not boring because every time something feels a little bit like it's got a bit stale in content, using that example of um, Meatless Mondays for me, you know, I was two years into that honestly feeling like oh okay you know I'm writing the same templated stuff each week it's slightly different but it's yeah. it got to the point where it didn't feel like it was different enough to justify continuing that um so I moved on and I developed that into a different direction and that's fine and that's a great thing about it yeah great so if there's anybody listening to this um, that also wants to, to be an influencer or a brand or something like that, what would your suggestion, if you, if you were to start today from scratch, what would mm. you focus on? What would you be the first thing that you do? I think um, one of the best things to do is find people to look up to, find what I would call online mentors, so you have different kinds of mentors in life. You have mentors who you know and who you genuinely talk to, and that's great if you have those. But there's also a category which are just as dear to me, which is a concept I actually got from one of mine, Rachel Hollis. Um, she said, like, create some online mentors. Find people who inspire you, people who you look at what they're doing and they can be huge people. I mean, both for her and for I, I love Oprah Winfrey. And, and so, you know, follow her. I follow um, Melinda Gates since I read her books. I follow um, Ariana Huffington. I follow, um, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert. And all these people inspire me. All these people, you know, they just give me light and they make me, I think, try and find things which just make you feel happy and make you excite you about the subject area and start there start by finding people who do that and see what they're doing and it's not a case of copying what they're doing it's a case of using them as inspiration to work out what you want to do and how you want to put your message out there mm. um, and then you end up almost developing a tapestry of like okay so how do I want to do this how can I break this down um, and I don't know like I think, for example, the whole Meatless Monday thing or having a regular thing to write about is a really good way to get started um, because, you know, that's just one example of a weekly thing which you can do. Um, but regardless of your genre, if you find something like that, which you can become a part of a movement which is bigger than you um, to do it regularly, um, that's a really good starting point because one of the key things is is to have regularity to your content um so if you can only blog once a month even if you know that you will blog once a month then you can say this is my monthly update so start thinking about what could i write about that with that frequency you know and i'd say your monthly would be your limit you wouldn't want to go wider than that otherwise people just won't follow you ideally weekly or bi-weekly is ideal 
Um, but then if monthly is what you can fit into your life, then do that. Um, and just maybe start if blogs are your thing, then start with WordPress, just regular, unpaid. See how that goes. Do that for a year and then maybe decide to buy a URL and then, you know, always be trying to build a community. I, I personally think Instagram is my favorite of the platforms, but then people might have more of an affiliation with different ones, depending on what their subject area is. So I would kind of say that maybe what's worked for me is to have the blog as my bread and butter and I'm doing that always in the background and then maybe focus on one of the social media outlets as your key one and you can share on the others as well but you know some people prefer Twitter some people prefer Facebook some people prefer Instagram some people prefer TikTok um, so maybe try and find one of those focusing on that and focusing on regular content on your blog um, and just try I guess to make a plan, um, which is still something I'm working on 10 plus years in, yeah. <laughs> um, to actually work out what you're going to do before you're going to do it. Is that good? Good answer? Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. a good answer. I, I mean, yeah. that's I guess that's what you did. I mean, so yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and to finish off, um, because uh, Melt is a software company, um, yeah. if, if we could make anything, um, any software to help you uh, solve one of your problems, uh, what, what should it be? What, hmm. what solution should we make for you? I do have a dream of an app one day. It's <laughs> <laughs> been developing in my head, so I might come back to you at some point. Okay. <laughs> Want yeah. to hear my dream of, dream of an app? Definitely, definitely. Okay, so my dream of an app is having a um, planner organizer app, which includes a gratitude journal okay. um, within it. Um, and it's something which actually doesn't seem to be on the market yet. So basically, Again, as I was doing a refresh and trying to think about ways forward for this year, I stumbled across a app, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful app. Um, and, and basically the premise of it is it takes the prettiness of a paper planner um, and it puts it digitally and syncs it with Google, which is great. In, in in theory and it had like a really nice thing like a water count and like where you ticked off like how many glasses of water you drank that day and stuff but unfortunately the functionality wasn't quite there for me because whilst I actually my homeware lifestyle blog which I had um which ran alongside the um recipe blog my homestyle lifestyle blog was called practical beautiful and this is like the thing which I love in life is I love something to be both practical and beautiful. That's my ideal <laughs> is to have both at the same time. And um, and so this was, it's beautiful, but when you click into the individual in, individual item on your calendar, 
then it um it opens in edit mode it doesn't open it in extended view mode mm. um and so you couldn't then click on say the location and link to google maps or whatever which is what i'm used to doing in google calendar it just literally opens it so you can edit it and i was like well that's not gonna work and that was the thing which ended up being oh well i can't use that anymore so now i've um and then i've got a um, gratitude app. I was using a gratitude journal paper written to begin with. Uh, I'm a big advocate of like keeping a gratitude journal daily. It's really, really good for your mental health. Um, and um, especially at the moment with the pandemic and everything. Mm. But um, to use one digitally is brilliant. Um, but then it's surprising how on the market at the moment, if you want something which you can access in your browser as well as on your phone, um, then you have to pay some ridiculous subscription fee. Um, and, and there's always a glitch and stuff in it. So I've actually found one which you pay just one fee upfront for both the desktop one and for the regular app. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. It is great, um, but it'd be great if it was part of the same app. Yeah, yeah. I mean. So mm. I, I'd like it to be, I like the functionality of several apps. I'd like to amalgamate them is what I'm saying. So you would have, you would have something which is as pretty as that journal um, with the functionality to have a gratitude section without limitations on things like how many photos you can add and how many attachments you can add, but also it, it also has a tracker to show your day and show events like I've got this meeting at this time and here's the Zoom link and have all the practicality of that. So I'd well, like it to be an all-in-one. But why is that important to have like your planner and the gratitude at this in the same app? What does, what does well, that because do? Because I just don't see why should you have to have all these separate apps like I just want an all-in-one where I can just, yeah, it, it just would be nice to have everything all-in-one, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a pipe dream at the moment, but yeah. yeah. One day, maybe. Yeah, I actually made a, a gratitude uh, app at, at one point called, called Joylio. Yeah. Oh, you lovely. In your, yeah, you could write in your um how how much joy you had that day oh nice uh, and it was only positive things like you couldn't write negative yeah. things um so you really had two things if you had didn't have a great day you really have to think about oh my god I well, have that's, to find something. that's what it's all about because it's i'm a big believer i don't know if you've ever read the book the secret but the whole premise of um what you focus on gets bigger so mm. even if you've had the shittest of shit days everyone has five things they can be grateful for yeah, and exactly. you should always aim to write those five things down and I like to do it to end my day so even if I'm exhausted and going to bed super late um if I sit there and go actually you know I've had really nice food today I've been able to drive a car and it's been reliable yeah I've, you know, all these little things exactly um, and I think the thing is if people don't know where to begin I always refer to I don't know if you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs have you heard of that no so 
I'll, I'll send you a link to it, but it's basically, he came up with this concept of what human beings need um, in order to survive. And um, so you start with the basics. And actually I've got really into, uh, one of my goals for 2021 is to master meditation. And um, I'm using the Calm app to do that. Um, and there's a really nice and um, gratitude um, meditation to go to sleep with. Um, and she kind of talks you through as you're lying there. She's like, you know, be thankful for the fact you woke up in a house this morning. Yeah. And, and the roof kept you dry and that you were able to have a shower and it was nice and hot and it cleansed your body. And then you have a TV so you can be entertained. And like, these are things which are just day-to-day -day things, which I think if you don't get into the practice of gratitude journaling, there's so many things we take for granted and it's a really negative part of human culture. Um, and it's so important to take a step back, you know, regularly in your life and go, wow, you know, how lucky am I? how lucky am I? I mean, there is something, it's just reminded me actually, um, which I saw at the beginning of the lockdown last year, which completely blew my mind, where, because everyone was struggling mentally at the beginning of that. And it was actually a doctor in India who posted this thing, which then went viral. And it said, being able to go into lockdown is a privilege yeah and it's listed all this stuff and just how it wasn't possible for the vast majority of people in India and I was just like wow you know and I yeah. think you know, it's so important to look at those things and to really take on board those things and really genuinely understand how lucky you are not to the point where you are feeling guilty about it because I don't think no. that's the right way to handle it um it's actually something which Rachel Hollis is a big advocate for um, and she's like a preacher's daughter and she's Christian and this line I believe comes from the bible even though I'm not religious but it's something I'm going to paraphrase it but it's for those who are given a lot a lot is expected and I think that is the thing that we should all try and do and be mindful of is like, okay, so we've got these things, we've got the skill set. Let's do good with that. Let's try and be good in the world that we're in and try and promote the good. And that's what we have the power to do.